Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 40 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The Red Sox lost the series to the Brewers and are three and a half games out of a postseason spot with Tuesday's trade deadline rapidly approaching. How you doing, Joey? Doing okay, man. I really wish that the game three win carried any weight. Did it change your mood at all? Did you feel better afterwards? You were there, so it might have been a little different for you. Yeah. No, I, I think it changed my mood just for today. Yeah. <laughs> it changed It changed my mood during the hours they were playing. Uh-huh. And now that we're home and, you know, prepped the notes and are ready to go for another episode, I'm looking at it big picture-wise, and it's like this isn't any different. It, it's been... Three and a half games back has been what it's been for weeks, mm-hmm. it's felt like. Not, maybe not weeks, because I know, what, two, three weeks ago, they were right up there in postseason contention. But like since the half. All-Star break, yeah. yeah, a week and a half. Yeah, it's basically been like 10 days of, all right, they win and they're three and a half back. They they lose and they're three and a half back. It's just kind of yeah, the same thing. It doesn't really matter. And, and the, it's amazing because there's like both of the first games of the series were winnable. And if either one of them did go the Sox way, today would have felt great. Yeah. Like today would have felt incredible. You know, you win a series right before the trade deadline. Like that's so so much different. It's amazing how like one of those games would have meant so much more. Going into this series, I was saying you basically had to win it if you want to have a positive feeling heading into the deadline. Like you essentially needed to take two out of three which, Joey, would have put you two and a half back Mm -hmm. of a playoff spot heading into Houston. You would have had a winning record heading into Houston. And it just changes the vibes. The the vibes are different. After Saturday, Pavetta, by the way, has done this team no favors. Nick Pavetta, Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll bring up his stats recently, but he really hasn't helped them out at all. For a team that's had so many rookie starters go, and Austin Davis has been an opener twice this month, Nick Pavetta really hasn't held up his end of the bargain in july he finishes with a a 938 a 938 era and five starts and that's when you're missing chris sale i know you got him back for two starts basically one start Mm. you know you're missing evaldi for some of that you're missing waka missing hill paxton's still not back uh you just can't have that you can't have a 10 era from nick pavetta this month when you're missing all these guys because he's a when he was on the mound on saturday i'm like all right well at least we have a big league starter. We have a guy that's been there, done that with this team specifically. Maybe he's found it, you know, because he had that one good start there against Cleveland, five and two-thirds, one earned. Mm-hmm. And then he, he gives up nine hits, four earned runs, and five innings on Saturday. Yeah, you can't even have that feeling. You can't even have the, oh, at least we have a major league starter going feeling. That's gone. In with the Valdi either. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I know. Dude, I, I'm amazed. Um how often Pavetta's like leaving guys stranded though. I mean that I feel like it could be so much worse for him. Like the first inning of game two, like just how quickly he was giving up hits. I was like, this is going to be one of those games. This is going to be one of those games with where it's 
you know, 5-0 after one, it's 7-0 after two. Like, that's how this is going to go. And, like, just to just allow one after one, I thought, like, oh, okay, all right, he got, like, got the contact out of the way, we're going to get through it now. It's like, I, I don't know, I just kept finding myself in optimism throughout that game, and it just... It made it more crushing. Do we talked about it a bunch? It keeps happening. They keep giving you reasons to be optimistic, and it just it leads to bigger letdowns, man. And that that was that was a moment that I had one. Did you? <coughs> sorry, did you see the Pavetta game as a win? Like, did you chalk it up as a win before the game started? No, you no. can't chalk any of these up as a win. Maybe not chalk it up, <laughs> but like kind of pencil it. Like, okay, that one I'm pretty sure we're gonna take. If, no. if it was see here's the deal and this is what sucks and I think we talked about this last episode a little bit where the Red Sox feel like the underdog in like all these games that that's the tough part they're playing the kind of ball and they're missing the kind of personnel that when you look at the teams they played this month Red Sox Guardians I'm like eh, I don't know kind of feels like a split split Red mm-hmm. Sox Brewers eh, kind of feels like a series loss series loss Red Sox Blue Jays forget about it mm-hmm. sweep Yankees feels like a series loss series loss Rays, series lost, series lost. It's like, that's just how it goes. You lost two series of the Rays this uh, this month. You split a series with the Yankees. You lost a series of the Yankees. And you lost to everybody else. I, I, I know you, well, sorry, sorry. You split, a, you split a series with the Guardians. You split a series. Sorry, with sorry, 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 sorry. But, and you lost Joey, to everybody these, else. These are the, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you lost to everybody else. But this is what kills me, is that the Red Sox finished July 0-6-2 in series. Mm-hmm. And in June, mm-hmm. they were seven one and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. That like, I we got to get Spear on the line. I just without looking at the stats, no one's ever done. I it. think there's no, that's never happened. No way. Like, no. I, and I'm talking Red Sox history. There's no way they have gone seven and one in series in a month, and then gone oh six and two in the next <laughs> month for series. There's just no way. There's no way that's happened. I mean, so we all we all kind of knew. It leaves us in an awkward position, right? Yeah, I mean, we all kind of knew coming into July that like the schedule was going to toughen up. So I think everybody was a little, I, I, I was anyway, uh, a little ready for uh, things to even out a little bit. You know, I, I certainly wasn't expecting another June. Oh six and one. So six and two. They oh, split two, two, Joey. I'm so hey. sorry. I'm so sorry. There's two splits in there. <laughs> Huge difference. How could I forget? They were the Huge best difference. moments of the last month. <laughs> oh. It's tough. No, I hear you, though. I mean, but you look at June. Mm-hmm. You beat the A's. Bad. You beat the Angels. Bad. Beat the Mariners. Good. Good. The Mariners are good. Even though they weren't they weren't as good then as they, they are now. Uh, you beat the Oakland A's in a series again. Bad. Bad. Beat the Cardinals. Solid. Cardinals are, so- are, are solid. You swept the Tigers. They stink. And you swept the Guardians. They're all right. You then lost the series to the Blue Jays that you should have won. Here's the deal. I, I'll, I'll say should have won, but Tanner Houck not being there, it's like, who's to say he would have held on to a one-run lead anyway in that game, too? So if you're a pessimistic Red Sox fan, the numbers are so obvious for why you would sell, right? Like, isn't it so blatantly clear if you don't have any positive Paul in you, like you and I do, Joey, that the writing's on the wall, that you haven't won a series against the AL East, you haven't won a series overall since late June, and you have three, four guys, well, we'll say three, three proven, quote-unquote, players mm-hmm. at long strengths of their long stretches of their career that have two months of control left. 
And uh, obviously Xander's the, would be the fourth, but they said they're not trading him. So it's it's hard for me to craft up anything in my head where I'm like, where they're not going to deal JD Vasquez and Evaldi or some combination of of the three of those guys, right? Um, I would say the counter argument there, staying uh, staying clear of positive Paul and just keeping it uh, objective. The counter argument would be that in June, when they were healthy, look what they were capable of. Um, and like you said, that is against a different caliber of competition. But you, it's it's a different lineup that you're touting out there. You know, you have Jalen Davis, Yolmer Sanchez, Jer- like you have you have so many guys that like you, you just did not expect to see here. You basically have four guys in your lineup today from from your opening day roster. Even I, I mean, let's let's today at the ball game I was there with mm-hmm. Nate. Shout out Nate. Last second, uh, you know, got some seats in like the front row. It was it was sick. It was fun. So. Jalen Davis is your leadoff guy. I mean, yep. he's he's trying to catch Ted Williams, you know, for the best Red Sox average in the last seventy years. He's hitting three seventy five. But Jalen Davis obviously is what he is. He's a fill in player. You got Bogey coming up, and I got to say, with mm-hmm. what JD has done in the last two months, or what he hasn't done in the last two months, when Xander Bogarts comes up, you feel like he has to get a hit every time just for you to have a chance of winning the game. Mm-hmm. And he goes two for five today with a couple RBIs. He's been. One of their most consistent hitters all year. Uh, just just their most most consistent. Forget one of. He's been the most consistent guy. And then you get to Vasquez, who's hitting 282, which is definitely above league, league average for catchers. Significantly above league average. He's probably one of the best hitting catchers in the league. But still, it's I don't really feel like bopping is going to happen outside of Xander and Verdugo. Everybody, you see Bobby hitting what? He's sixth in this lineup today. He's hitting mm-hmm. 202. Christian Arroyo, who we'll talk a little more about, has been great since he's come back on base seven out of eight times. Mm-hmm. But he's hitting 254. That average has continued to climb when he's healthy, which is good. Yolmer Sanchez, 077. And then JBJ is what he is. He's hitting 210, but obviously he's not here to hit. So I hear you, Joey. It's just that the story news isn't great. No. For anyone that, that didn't hear, it's, it's 10 to 14 days that he's shut down from even... Uh, swinging, he's got a small hairline fracture in his wrist, so that that sucks. Him getting plunked in Tampa is a way under-discussed part of this whole July collapse for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's because he hasn't been consistent. So I think people look at him mainly being a guy that hasn't done it this year, but he's obviously better than anyone else you're going to put in there. Super soaker, right at your forehead, water balloons. What? above your noggin all right what are you talking about gun to your head steve oh oh you said oh i thought you said i said something stupid so i was getting super soaker no no no. i'm saying super soaker to your head what day (laughs) does can you hear my cat is that what you're no i'm just like the water balloons above your head i love that yeah water balloons above your head (laughs) they're ready to be dropped um (laughs) they're ready multiple people got the balloons yeah (laughs) What day do you actually think Trevor Story plays for the Boston Red Sox again? Well, there's obviously a lot of things on the line there. If they sell mm-hmm. these three guys, J.D., Vasquez, and Evaldi at mm-hmm. the deadline, I think it's a pretty clear sign that the season is no more mm-hmm. or they are not going to be competing for a postseason spot. So then maybe there is a there is an outside chance Trevor Story does not play another game this year for the Red Sox, which is kind of crazy. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. I think if they sell, you don't see Trevor again. 
Ever again. I think Ever that's again. It. I think that's it for <laughs> I think he disappears and he lives in the wilderness, dude. Yellowstone. I think... Dude, if they that's what we're not talking about. If they trade JD, Vasquez, and Avaldi, you're never gonna see Trevor's story ever again. No. That's it. That's no. the last time you ever see nice him. knowing that you. part of it sucks. It's gonna disappear. Joey, yeah. one thing we but one thing we gotta get into just mm-hmm. what what do you got? What do you got? I was gonna say even if they don't sell, realistically, ten to fourteen days to start swinging a bat. Even if this team That feels does like compete, September, right? Doesn't that feel like September? That feels like September. Yeah. That feels late. I mean, there's no way it's ten to fourteen days, and then three days after that, he's he's back. You know, he's not here mid August. He's here mid to late September, I think, at the at the earliest. Which is that's just all speculation. That's just Uh, had to get out there. The tweet heard round Red Sox Nation this weekend. John Heyman, Red Sox are now listening on veterans. Maybe not a committed seller yet, but they are seriously considering it. J.D. Martinez, Nate Aldi, Christian Vasquez, all free agents to be and among the candidates to go. Bogarts was told he stays. So that's kind of what we're basing a lot of this off of. And we got to talk J.D. So J.D. Martinez, a lot of discussions that that was his last Red Sox game at Fenway Park. And, Joey, I got to say, to sum up the vibes at Fenway about J.D., the word that comes to mind is awkward. It is, I think, if you're at Fenway right now, I think primarily you're rooting for this team to make the playoffs. I think a lot of the people that are not at Fenway are like, season's over, dude, everything sucks, blah, blah, Heim stinks. Mm. But if you're there, I presume the majority of you want the Red Sox to make the postseason. The majority of you understand the Red Sox are three and a half games out of a postseason spot, and understand if you're going to do anything the postseason, you probably need J.D. Martinez as your DH. So it's an awkward thing where he gets an at-bat in the sixth inning, and Nate and I, it was the first, we were trying to record as much as we could today. We're trying to get our phones out. First pitch, he flies out, and I'm like, wait, was that it? Was that his last at-bat as a member of the Red Sox at Fenway Park? The ovation when he got up there was kind of your, it was actually exactly what it normally is. Just Mm. your normal, you know, every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling, and it's you know your normal cheers. It, you if you didn't know any better, you would think that it was just you know a late May at bat for JD at Fenway. Just not you know your normal stuff. Yeah. So I think Red Sox fans are genuinely they feel awkward about the JD thing because he's mattered so much to the team. You know since they got him in the off season, mm-hmm. uh, heading into 2018. Yet this is the key thing that I think a lot of people don't want to say. Mm-hmm is that J.D. Martinez and Boston fans don't really have much of a relationship. He more is a star player that plays for the Red Sox, that has done very well overall for the Red Sox, and that I think we all kind of knew that this was going to be his last year. Mm -hmm. He opts in a couple times. He knew, okay, this is the best situation. The fans knew, yeah, it's the best situation. I think everyone is so (laughs) content. Like Everyone is so content with the J.D. situation that... It's hard to have those Xander feelings, those you, Devers feelings. It's crazy how different the tweets are. It's weird. Isn't it? It's like, weird. Like people it's like, weird. like, you have to keep Rafi here forever. Like, that's our guy. You can't take him away. Like, same thing with Bogey and with JD. Like, I've seen the same tweet word in about 80 different ways, which is like, he was worth every dollar. And uh, he, <laughs> it's all past tense. Yeah, it's all, it's it's all, all past, past tense with JD. And it's all about just like the money that it costs. Like, yeah, it was a good transaction. Uh, he delivered. He performed uh, when you needed him the most. He was there. 
and uh, you know, I, I'm going to remember it. So uh, great memories. So thank you. Just just straight cut and dry to the point. It's it's funny because it matches like his personality too. You know what I mean? Like it it does right. It lines up perfectly. Well, actually, right, mm-hmm. right now let's play the audio. Let's play the Jamai interview, the walk off interview with JD, and then we'll we'll talk after this. But that's a good point, Joey. Where it's everyone's feelings on JD currently, right now, as it stands this day, this second, are kind of how he feels about us. Yeah, <laughs> content. I appreciate everything. I appreciate, you know, the love, um, just the constant energy every time you come in here. Um, you know, it's something I'll, if I do get traded, it's something I'm definitely going to miss and I admire it. You know, these fans are as hard on me as I am on myself and, you know, I appreciate everything. Well, J.D., I hope this isn't the end. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Isn't it crazy just how quickly the conversation went from, like, J.D. might move to here's JD's last at bat, here's his farewell post game and then like they go into the the Nesson booth and they're like man JD's last game at Fenway. Well, can you believe it? Here's a montage and here's a that. Did it feel like over the course of like 3 or 4 days without any actual confirmation it went from like like oh JD might might actually be a good piece to farewell JD. This is obviously the end. You get I that? think a lot of it had to do with the Alex Spear article, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that Spear article on Friday was very much saying, like, he thinks this is it. A lot of industry sources that are very close and in the know think this is it. And I think everyone was just kind of content with it. Like, I, what we're basically talking about here is a player that is going to be most remembered for what he did four years ago, Right. And and five seasons ago in 2018. Mm-hmm. So we're we're when you think JD Martinez with the Red Sox, when they do whatever team he's with, regardless of if he gets dealt on Tuesday or if he signs somewhere else, which one of those is going to happen. The the welcome back video at on the big screen at Fenway is going to have a lot of stuff from 2018 in it. Mm-hmm. So I think fans' relationship with JD since then, remember 2019, obviously for the team. Down year, uh, relatively disappointing. I'd say very disappointing considering what the expectations were. JD ends up hitting 304, got a 939 OPS, 36 homers, 105 RBIs. He had a very good season in 2019. 2020 comes around. Pandemic, everybody, you know, going through it. And that season sucked. We try to act like it didn't happen. JD played 54 games, hit 213, and had seven home runs. And he obviously talked about how it was the offseason and all that and, and uh, you know, the time away from the game messed with him. And I think it's – I think everyone kind of collectively gave him a pass because in 21 he was he was right back to it. Mm-hmm. 286, 28 homers, 99 RBIs. He had the most doubles in baseball. That's wild. You know, he was doing it. Yeah. He was doing it. So – now and this the video year, same thing average in 2022. I mean, I think the even while it was happening, like before, he didn't have to like redeem himself in 2021. I think people knew like the video replay stuff is a big deal for him. They're not doing that in 2020. He's not. He doesn't have access to the same things. Like, I think if you were plugged in, you kind of knew no, like I, hey, JD has a lot of things going against him here for like a big creature of habit. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously he made note of that. I think a lot of Red Sox fans went one of two ways on that, like, oh, please, or all right, I get it. Like, that, that actually makes sense. But overall, J.D. Martinez with the Boston Red Sox, 
295 average, 901 OPS. He hit 123 RBIs, has exactly 400 RBIs. Did I say hit 123 RBIs? I think he did. Yeah, 123 home runs. Mm-hmm. I think he just got his 401st RBI on Sunday with the Red Sox. So it's just this is the thing, Joey. The mm-hmm. reason why I, I say the word awkward is basing off the vibes at Fenway, which were very like, yeah, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe it isn't. If it is, you know, <laughs> who knows? Good luck, bro. Like it's it's later. Yeah, who knows? But if it is, you know, take care. Bring Xander and Devers <laughs> back. I will personally pay out of my wallet to keep Raphael Devers here. They don't bring. If they don't bring them back, I'm never a fan again. JD, appreciate it, man. Hey, appreciate you, bro. Worth every dollar, dude. A lot of free agents don't work out, and this one did. So, great job. Thanks. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Sign Raffy right now. If Xander Bogarts ever wears another uniform, I'm done. I'm going to burn this place down. I'm going to burn down Fenway Park. I'm going to do it. So I think it's, that's what it is. I think so that's funny. what it is, Joey. But it's I mean, like, I get it. I, I totally get it. It's just, like you said, it's a different personality. It's a different relationship with the fans. You know? Yeah, well, think about the think about the two main Red Sox DHs this century. <laughs> and think about their yeah. relationships with the fans. Mm-hmm. Think about David Ortiz. And I'm wearing a David Ortiz hat. <laughs> I We are obsessed with David Ortiz. We went to Cooperstown. There is a love for David Ortiz that I think exists for no other alive Red Sox player. And I include Pedro. That's really saying something. I think no, I, I think, think the right. love for Poppy is above Pedro. I think it's close. But that connection that fans feel with David Ortiz is unlike any other. And the connections fans feel with J.D. Martinez is it's just kind of it, – it's not so, bad. It's not – I wouldn't say it's great. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's a star that plays for the Red Sox mm-hmm. for the last five years and was lived up to the contract. And that's why it's awkward because we always want to be like, oh, Carl Crawford sucked and he was awful and that contract sucked and yada, yada. All facts. Mm-hmm. You know, like other guys that leave that should have gotten paid. Lester, it made us feel weird. Mm-hmm. JD, it's like, job well, you did your job. Later. You know? so yeah, that's that kind of where weird. we're at. It's very rare in sports in general that it's just like, and the contract's coming to an end, and we don't need you anymore. You're not really itching to stay here. The fans think you, you know, your time is done, and they're not mad at you. It's, it's crazy. It's just the most. Like, it's weird, right? It's, it's like weird. one of those moments on Twitter where somebody replies and is like, "Is like, hey, you actually got this wrong." And then the original tweeter is like, "Oh, thank you so much for. I actually didn't realize that. Thank you." And you're like, "This is Twitter.com. You just said thank you. I yeah, didn't realize what? I made a mistake." Like it's possible. Am I on a different? Am I on Twitter.net? Am I on a different <laughs> version? Like this? This can't be the actual one. But dude, so it's what you're weird, saying? Man. I with think it's the, uh, with JD's yeah. relationship with the fans. Um, do you think that maybe he should have like uh, followed Poppy's steps a little bit more? Maybe should have done like more commercials. You think that would have saved it? The thing is that like I'm trying to think about the kids because it's all about the kids. Mm. And I was taking a look around. I had a lot of kids around there in the the front uh, section. Shout out to the ball boy. We got to have him on, Bat Boy, Ball Boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, I think his name's Colin. Um, and he's great. He made sure like every kid around there got a ball. Mm-hmm. And I was just taking note of like, what jerseys are the kids wearing? Mm-hmm. And it's so many bogeys. It's so many Raffies. It's not a lot of JDs. And I don't say that as a slight on JD. JD still signs a lot of autographs. I think in the interviews with Jemai, perfectly fine. Press conferences, perfectly fine. Uh, he's got his hitting guy that's there, you know, when we're on the field, his his guy that they specifically look at every swing. Well, I think he a, has a very similar 
He's very similar to JD. He's, he's a little like scary. A JD is what he is. He's a little scary. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little intimidating. And I, I talked to him once, and I could just tell it's that guy that gives you off the vibes of like, don't talk like, to hey, him. I'm like, working okay, right now. Like, got it. Yeah, hey, I'm working. My bad. My bad. Just saying, if you prefer the phone replay or the iPad replay, my bad for a simple question. But I, they're they're similar dudes. They're similar dudes. Yeah. They're all about business, and and that's what it was. This was this was business, not personal. And Joey, I, I catch said ourselves was, again. He's, he's not still gone. on the team. He's still he's on the not team. Gone. He's still <laughs> Somebody was like, Anyways. in the press conference today, he put on like his hat before he sat down. And Spear was like, what does that hat mean to you? And JD goes, I swear to God, JD's, the first word out of his mouth is memories. <laughs> like, it's not memories, bro. It's happening. You are, <laughs> you, you're, you're on, on the, the lineup tomorrow. Like you're, like you're here. Yeah. You're yeah. traveling with the so, team. We all think it's in the past. But I think uh, we all know. I it's think those, be. yeah, those, those are probably all the words that that we wanted to say about JD. Like yeah. it's, yeah. we'll we'll save a portion of this this discussion this discussion for after the deadline. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a little awkward at the park today. You know, Sox were scoring runs, which made you feel a little weird because they haven't done that like all July. Driving guys in, ton of doubles, two out doubles, driving guys in. JD had a had the go ahead RBI, which if that's his last RBI with the team. That's a good way to go out. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's so interesting. I really I I took a deep dive in my brain, Joey, and I'm like, can I think of any other Sox guy where this has happened? Where they sign him to a big a big deal, and by the end of it, everyone's like, both sides just feel so like satisfied. Like a five year, 110 million dollars mm-hmm. for JD Martinez. And he's basically hits 300 for you with a 900 OPS, 400 RPIs, <laughs> and 123 bond. Like, it worked. It was a great signing. It was a great deal. Mm-hmm. And and now it's you're just at the end of it, and everyone's just super content. So that's where we're at. Thank you, JD, for the past and the future. Yeah. 2018 was sick. Yeah, 2018 was. Sick. Hats off to hats off to JD Martinez. We'll save the last the last portion of this. All right, I think we got a little JD left in us, a little JD mm-hmm. talk left in us for after the deadline, and we will meet that point then. But um, Christian Vasquez, another guy in that Heyman tweet, oh, Vasquez similar today, where I think fans aren't ready to say bye to Vasquez. That's, Christian Vasquez yeah. definitely has a closer relationship with the fans. I think I think he has. He'll tweet about it like. Believe in this team, Boston, and like shout out Boston. Like, like Vasquez is pretty tight with the fans, and I think fans feel a connection to him. He's somebody I don't want to see go. No, no, not at all. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Christian Vasquez go at all. I want him back next year. Uh, some people on Twitter were saying like, oh, they'll just deal him and bring him back. Can't say enough that that never happens. Doesn't so happen. we got to stop throwing that out there. It just doesn't happen. But. Today, and I, I know we had talked about this before recording. There was a, a tweet by Spear. We got to get Alex Spear on here. We just reference him all the time. But he said, Christian Vasquez said, but being in trade rumors is part of the business. He said there have been no extension talks with the Red Sox during the season. He made it clear Red Sox players believe they can can, can, can contend. That was easy for me to say. He was asked if he thinks Heim Bloom believes in the team. I don't know, okay. he said. Okay, tough quote. But one, one thing at a time here. So the, the thing at the beginning where he says, we haven't had any extension talks, does that move the needle for you at all? Does that make no, you feel No, because anyway? none of these guys have, right? Exactly. None of these guys have exactly. had Because yeah. when I first read it, I was like, oh, that's a bad sign. And 
I was like, wait, they, they, they all try to avoid that. Their agents are all saying, like, no, we don't want to talk. And that, like, that's not, that's not frontline stuff. I don't think that means that much. It maybe means something, but not that much. What about the last quote? <laughs> that one, I the think. The last quote's interesting. That's close, the last quote is very interesting. Well, I don't. Know. All right, this is. I'm going to bring Jalen Brown into this discussion. Jalen, hop on in. He's actually at the apartment. Come on, Jalen, hop in. I, uh, I think any player now, Joey. I, I'm going to ask you this question because mm. I remember, and I'm I'm going to reference my early Section Ten years here. I remember anytime I'd hear my name or see my name in a tweet, mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't the nicest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Can't like, really. oh, you know, you could be better at this. Uh, yeah, you haven't gotten any negative tweets. I'm no. Sure. But if you see your if you see yourself mentioned, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Um, in a negative way, you're saying? Maybe negative. Maybe you know, like, oh, well, they did this or they mm-hmm. do that. Just really, someone talking about you. It's a little weird, right? It's a little strange. Um, yeah, I think it should feel weirder than it does to me. I think I think it's. I don't know if I'm the best example. I think I'm just. I think I'm more I, I let alluding to the fact that it's easy. Which is good. That's mm. definitely a good thing. That's a good trait to have. And I, I got better at that. I was not good at that early on. I think with Christian Vasquez, he's a guy that I think we've always appreciated. Mm-hmm. And he's appreciated us. And he's, to my knowledge, not really been in a lot of trade rumors. Like, it seems like the team is committed to him pretty well over mm-hmm. the years. I mean, I think people forget he's the second longest tenured player on the team uh, behind Xander. He's also and the uh, f- has the fifth most... Uh, starts at catcher for the, as a member of the Red Sox. Yeah, feels oh. accurate. And I think he probably these guys see all this stuff, right? They see all the rumors, all their, and if they don't see it, their friends are texting it to them. Hey, what do you thought? Blah blah blah. The reporters are asking them all that stuff. So I wouldn't put it past Christian Vasquez to see that Heyman tweet or hear that he might get dealt to the Mets or wherever. And his first thought is like, does Heim? Now here's here's where I'm stuck on. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm stuck on, Joey. Mm-hmm. When when Vasquez is asked, does does he think Heim believes in the team? It's a little bit blurry, right? Because like believes in the team to make the postseason, believes in them to compete in the playoffs, believes in them to have a chance at making the World Series. Like there's different levels of believing. And I got to talk to Heim again a couple days ago. He said this was actually I thought this was I thought this was something. You normally don't get stuff out of Heim, but he was saying he's crafting up deals in his head. He's crafting up deals, so like, I gotta think that some of these guys are in those deals, yeah. <laughs> or at least are proposed to be in those deals. And I know we we had I was talking with Jared, and we had I walked over, and so we said, "Here's the deal. Here's the deal, dude. What are your thoughts on sending Franchi to the Nats for Soto straight up?" <laughs> And he obviously laughs. But now we can technically say, because we kept talking for a little bit, mm-hmm. now we can say Heim Bloom mm-hmm. has has been in discussions about a Juan Soto <laughs> trade to the Red Sox. He has heard the offer. He yes. has, uh, yeah, he's discussed it. Wow. Heim Bloom has discussed a Juan Soto to the Red Sox deal because we talked about <laughs> Franchi for Soto straight up. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But no, I mean, it's if you're fast because you're seeing that and you're thinking, you know, sometimes here's here's what I'm trying to say is that when you hear your name mentioned, a lot of times you take it more personally than you should. Mm-hmm. And 
I wouldn't be stunned if Vasquez was like, after all I've done, you're going to deal me with two months left in my deal. I wouldn't be stunned if that's what he's thinking, and that right, correlates right. to I don't know as the answer when you're asked if Hein believes in the team. So Yeah, but yeah, that's probably where that's it's coming from. And he's a guy I think he um I don't know. He he definitely likes the talks about himself. You know, like if you I don't know if you guys follow yeah, him on Instagram, yeah. nineteen ninety colo, but I would do it. Mm. Uh his Instagram story after he does anything in a game, like if he has like a big hit or something, his Instagram story is Every person who posted a highlight of him just back to back to back to back. Uh, Dude, do you remember his IG story after that walk off? Yep. Oh my god. Yep. It was like I remember. I immediately. Yeah. I think you like share. I had a video of it. He shared. He shared. I think literally a hundred stories. Yeah. After that walk off. So, dude, Vasquez loves it here. This is all he knows, mm-hmm. and it's really all a lot of Red Sox fans. I, I was thinking about this, Joe. Mm-hmm. That if you're a young Sox fan, all you know is Vasquez is your catcher. That's like their Veritech. Yeah. Like that's their guy behind the plate. And interesting. I think that would have a bigger impact on fans than they're willing to admit. If Vasquez yeah. gets dealt, let's say with JD, weirdly enough, the Vasquez part means more than the JD. It part. absolutely does. Yeah. I, I don't want that whatsoever. Kind of I think a big part of it too is having a um a uh, a Puerto Rican manager. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, I think that's obviously a, tight. a huge thing too. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave if you know the the bond that Vasquez and Cora presumably have. You know, I, I wouldn't want to leave. And the bond he's got with the rotation, reasons. the bond he's got with the rotation. That that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just rebuild, uh, you know, years of experience with a guy behind the plate. You can't duplicate that. And so especially because the guy Vasquez behind him is really is Plewecki, who's like probably not going to be the guy, right? Like you're probably going to go out and get another no, catcher, no. right? So, yeah. and it's not even like, you know, Vasquez has worked alongside Ploiecki long enough to kind of pass along some something. Well, actually, has it been three seasons now? Like technically two in the, the short season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually longer than I thought. But twenty twenty doesn't count though. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe it has been long enough to kind of pass some things on to Ploiecki, but I mean he's not going to be, he's not going to be the guy. So, I would root for the Mets stronger if Vasquez was behind the plate, but. I don't want him oh, to time. be. <laughs> As is, I like when the Mets are in contention. Obviously, mm-hmm. we got the Mets Up podcast that is crushing it. Listen to that if you're a Mets fan or if you're just a baseball fan. Those guys, Mark and James, are great. Um, but, yeah, we got a lot more Red Sox talk coming up. We are going to take a break here on episode 40 of Inside the Monster. We are back on episode 40 of Inside the Monster. It's the Jaron Duran episode. Woohoo. It is the Andrew Benintendi episode. Remember, Benny Buttcheeks had 40 when he started. With no, socks. Steven, he actually didn't. He didn't wear number 40. He didn't wear number 40. No, he, he did. It, was, that, he uh, did. was that like his rookie year? That was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. That was when the flow was going. That's when he probably smiled the most. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> when he was the most happy. Uh, what Marco Hernandez episode. How did we get here? AJ you know? Pruszynski episode. Mm-hmm. Andrew Bailey episode. The John Lackey episode. Bartolo Colon episode. Oh. How about that? What about guys in the 90s? I don't know those guys. Who was Eric Hansen? John Dobson? That's a made-up. These are all made-up guys. You don't know Eric Hansen? Michael Coleman? I don't really remember these dudes. 
But anyway, it's uh, Eric Hansen from Kennelson, the... New Jersey. You don't remember him? In terms of importance to the team, it's probably the John Lackey episode. You know, probably the John Lackey episode. A lot of people did not like Lackey. Przinsky, man, he is he is something else, huh? Uh, one thing I wanted to jump to quickly here, Joey, was mm-hmm. we put a poll up. We're going to be putting more polls up on the Inside the Monster Pod Instagram handle. Follow us at Inside the Monster Pod. Put a post up today saying, is this J.D. Martinez's last home game with the Red Sox? 69% of you said yes. Nice. It is. Nice. So that kind of feels like what it's going to be. It's like 7 out of 10 fans would say, like, yeah, that was probably it. I would have <laughs> guessed it would be a little higher, it. actually. I would have guessed it probably would have been in the 75-plus range. I think it feels I gotta like say, assumed, any, any tweet. I know, but, like, any tweet, Joey, I either put out on the ITM feed or on my own, like, it, got, it gets such mixed reviews. Like, so many people are like, no, I hope it's not. And, like, yep, that, they obviously got to deal them. It, it's just mm-hmm. people are we're, – we're so confused. Sox fans yeah. right now just have no idea how to act – because I got to say, being three and a half back of a postseason spot is just weird. Like, it's well, you don't really know your, no man's You don't know land. your you're, team's identity, dude. You were the top not, you're not, But you're, you're not you a were... game back. You're not six games back. You're three and a half. So it's like, it And you sucks. weren't any games back a, a month ago. You know? And, I know. And I, know. I don't know. It's tough to know it's, where it's the tough. future's going to go when the past was unpredictable, you know? Everything up to this point is I got to say, Joey. Mm. We've obviously felt weird. We've obviously felt very awkward this last week or two. Mm-hmm. But something got me this morning. I woke up to a tweet from MLB saying the wild card race is going to get wild with an eyes emoji. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox are not on this graphic. Yeah. <laughs> the Red Sox logo isn't even on the wild card race graphic. And you it's got it's Jays, funny? Mariners, Rays, Guardians, and Orioles. Don't even have the Red Sox on there. I'm like, God, they're not even good enough to make the graphic. You know what's funny, Steve, is you could put another team who's behind the Orioles on there, and Sox still wouldn't be on that graphic. I know. And you could put another I don't team. think it's funny. I think yeah. it's sad, Joey. That's it's not funny at all. There's nothing funny about it. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, Red Sox pitching has been a pain in the ass. Let's talk about it. So that was the third longest streak in MLB history for a starter not winning a game. Let's have a standing mm-hmm. ovation for Josh Winkowski getting a win on the last day of July. With seven hours to spare, they did not go July without a starter <laughs> getting a win. The Red Sox avoid joining this year's Pirates and the 1996 Tigers as the only rotations in baseball history to not record a win in a calendar month. That is just insane. That is really insane to say. But Sox team ERA in July was 7.09. That just beats their worst team ERA in a month ever. That was set by the 2020 Red Sox in August at 7.25. So realistically, the Red Sox just had the worst team ERA in a month in team history because 2020 doesn't count. So I had looked it up, Joe. So let's clap. There we go. Yeah. Record books, baby. Get them out. After after Saturday's game, I was looking up through the fifth inning because it just felt like every fifth inning the Sox were trailing, and it's true. It was like 16 straight days of them not having a lead in the fifth inning, mm-hmm. and obviously that coincides with you know the starters not getting wins. Now, 16 of the 27 Red Sox starts in July were by a rookie or a bullpen guy. 
So that's like 60%. Yeah. Were by non MLB starters, essentially. And that coinciding with the fact that the Red Sox, on average, threw five innings in July, that's heading into Sunday, mm-hmm. scored two runs a game. So a lot of these starters aren't going to go more than five innings. They're not going to go more than six. You need them to give up like one run to be have a chance to get the win. Yeah. And it just wasn't it wasn't the case. So understandable that it was a perfect storm in a bad way of things going wrong for the Red Sox. But were there other uh, there's got to be some other pitching stuff that you wanted to just to discuss, Joey. Oh, dude. I you ever have a moment where like something seems like really obvious to you and you're like, why isn't this like the talk of the town? Like, why isn't everybody yeah. talking about this? I felt that way at the end of game one. Dude, Hirokazu Sawamura came in in a one-run game in the ninth inning. <laughs> like, and, I, and when I opened Twitter, that wasn't the first 35 tweets that I saw. Like, that's insane, dude. Like, that, that was a winnable game when he came in. It was also a winnable game the next day when he came in in a three-run game. Picking up where Brazier had left off because for some reason Brazier was closing a two-run game. I don't know what your available options are or were at that moment. You know, I don't. I didn't like go out of my way to like go through the list and see who was available or not. I just have a really hard time believing that Brazier or Salamora is the best option in the ninth inning that's available, unless it's you know a double header. Like I just, I just can't believe it. Is there this tweet by Red Sox stats backs up what you're saying? Mm-hmm. It's. I thought this was one of the most valuable tweets. This is in there for MVP tweet of the year in terms of like, ah, yes, this backs up my thoughts. Yes, yes. So he said the percentage, here are the percentage of inherited runners that score for the relievers and the Red Sox bullpen. Mm-hmm. Get who, who do you think is in first place? Salamora. It's Brazier. Brazier. He edged oh, out Salamora. Ryan Brazier. 56% of his inherited runners score. If you Sal give Mora, him 52%. Oh. It's bad, man. If you so if you bad. give him a runner, there's it's more than likely that that that, that, that guy on base in. is going to get home. Okay. No matter where he is, he's on exactly. first base. So Brazier, we'll go down the list here. Yep. Brazier 56%, Salamora 52%, Danish 43%. Uh who else we got? Deekman 38%. Austin Davis, Austin Davis, thirty-one percent. That's actually a little higher than I thought. Tanner Houck, forty percent. The league average is thirty-one percent. Is, is uh, Austin Davis's uh, sample size small? I feel like he doesn't. It's he doesn't have. He comes in clean a lot. Yeah, yeah I think it was four guys scored. So okay, I, I yeah, don't think, I mean that's yeah. It's a really Austin Davis. Thing. Yeah, so that's a little tough because he normally comes in clean, but. Yeah, league average is 31%. The Red Sox this year have had one, two, three, four, five, six, I think seven relievers over that. So, and it feels like it, right? Like it's good when a stat kind of backs up how you feel. It feels like when these guys come in, they give up the runs, especially mm-hmm. Brazier and Salamora, big time. So, overall, Red Sox pitching in July was probably the worst in team history. We're not counting 2020. You're probably never going to see a worse month of Red Sox pitching than you just did in July. So if you're going to be positive, Paul, hey, it's got to be better in August, Joe. And you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, unless you're listening in the first couple minutes that it's out, it's August, baby. July's in the past. I know. 
I mean, Sawamura and Brazier. The past. Are, JD's in the past. Yeah. Everything's in the past. Sawamura and Brazier are not in the past. So probably continue to give up inherited runners. But but it's yeah, August, baby. Things are changing. Change. Things are changing, dude. One last thing I wanted to mention before our closing thoughts coming up. A lot of Tristan Cassis talk. Obviously, the Red Sox, one would think, are looking for a first baseman at the deadline. Either way, that you know, can help a little bit or that maybe has a little bit of control. Maybe someone that's got a year left after this mm-hmm. to make the transition to Cassis a little easier. But from the sound of it, and Joey, I think you mentioned this. I saw this on Twitter a little bit. Uh, if Cassis makes his debut August 20th or later, he would be considered a rookie next season still. Yep. So control-wise, you might not see Cassis till the 20th. Mm-hmm. In Worcester, he's hitting 241, eight homers, 25 RBIs, and 45 games. So I don't think that counts as I think he had his ninth homer on Sunday. Yeah. So I saw he when he came off the IL, I saw it was like his first like two games. Uh, he went over, and then since then he's like seven for eighteen or something, um, with yeah. two bombs and yeah. So it seems like he's he's on a little mini hot streak right now. Yeah, call him up. Call him up when you can. Damn it! Our closing thoughts are coming up next on episode forty of Inside the Monster. We are back and wrapping up episode 40 of Inside the Monster. On a sad note here, was at Fenway today and hadn't seen this news yet, Joey, mm-hmm. of the passing of Bill Russell, was kind of unaware. And I got to say, I think it surprised a lot of folks at Fenway because I think the news broke at around 1 and game starts at 1.30, so you're spending a lot of that time kind of getting your seat, getting your spot, you know, figuring out. It's really traveling into the park. So it was kind. it was a kind of a weird reaction right where i think a lot of people myself included were like oh no just kind of it was like this wave of when they mentioned it it was just like huh like what so mm-hmm. definitely surprising news uh, obviously bill russell lived the full life it's hard to it's hard to like in our position as boston fans you know that have been pulling for these teams since the late 90s into the thousands you know now into 2022 and you just know how much Bill Russell mattered, but then I always feel like unqualified to really talk about it because we weren't watching him play, you know, right. and like our parents and parents' parents got to like see Bill Russell play and mm-hmm. understood how much he mattered to this area and how much he mattered just civil rights wise. Like Bill Russell was a larger than life. He mattered so much more than like so many athletes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just, I think you can just say that pretty bluntly. And when you lose someone like that, I think you're reminded of like, there's not many people that will ever accomplish as much in their life as Bill Russell did. And I think that's kind of the the sentiment today. So not much to add that, you know, a lot of people haven't, haven't said on Sunday. I know Michael Jordan put out a statement. Everyone's putting out a statement. You don't have many sports legends pass where it almost feels like everyone needs to make a statement, but this is obviously one of them. And, um, yeah, sad news, man. Sad news to lose Bill Russell. He was the kind of guy that when you saw him, you're like, it's wild that he's still with us. Like, mm-hmm. it's wild that someone that you almost hear, like, in, in mythological form is, like, still, like, a, you know, active person that's at these events and that's handing over the finals MVP trophy and all that. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that 
guys like Tatum got to meet him. Guys like Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett got to have – KG specifically had a really good relationship with Bill Russell. And he threw out first pitches at Fenway. And, you know, he just – he's got the statue there. That statue, by the way – should not be where it is. That statue should be outside the garden. I don't know why it's not. It's where is it? Anytime I walk by it, it's by um, the. Uh, it's by Government Center. It's in the most random spot. I will never know why they put the Bill Russell statue where they did. That should be yeah, right next strange. to Bobby Orr. Like I, I don't know why it's not outside the front of the garden. But yeah, uh, yeah R.I.P. to a legend, man. Bill Russell is uh, one of one, and very sad news finding out today at Fenway that he had passed away. Steve, you know the caliber of my closing thoughts. I know. I should have you go first. Yeah. <laughs> you should not. Now you're going to be like, my kid pooped his pants, and it was brutal. It's, <laughs> like, my it's mind was prison. so stupid. This was especially stupid the second you were like. Let's just act like this is first. Let's act like this is first. Act like you right, didn't, we got we you didn't just talk about like the passing of an 11-time NBA champion. But it's um, not like it wasn't like a tragic passing. Bill Russell right. lived a full life. You know, this is more right. celebratory. Shout out to Bill Russell for doing all that cool stuff. Nice. And having a bunch of rings. Yeah. Shout out, Bill. That was a great closing thought, Steve. My, mine's pr- pretty important, too. Uh, it's <laughs> so, so stupid. I so should have gone first. I, <laughs> I did something I haven't done in, like, I don't know, a decade plus the other day. Um, had spaghettios? Just, just cuz I don't. Hmm. You had spaghettios? No. No, I didn't. I did uh okay. I did something a little scary, dude. It was an accident. I fell down. Have you ever When was the last time as an adult person have you like fallen down, period? Uh, not, it's been a while. Right? That was my whole that was my I whole I can't remember the last time like, I've just like fallen down. I I slipped in new socks on hardwood floor and fell down and my 2-year-old came over and asked if I was okay. I hit the ground hard Ooh, and I tough. felt old. I was like That's tough. Yeah. And RIP Bill Russell, <laughs> dude, I can't believe <laughs> I had to go second on that. The second you started, I was like no, no, no. Hey, it is what it is. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, but hey, Joey, I hope you're all right. You know, I am okay. You feel helpless. You feel stupid. Like I was like in the air. I was like, no, no. You yeah. just feel ridiculous. It's not a very adult thing to be falling down. I'm not in very many situations where I could be. I'm not an athlete, you know? I remember the last time I fell down. Mm-hmm. It was a bowling event, Bleacher Report, mm. it was five years ago, 2017. You forget how slippery the actual. Oh, like, the lane? What what is that? The alley? The, the lane. lane? Yeah. The, the lane. You forget how slippery the lane is. And if you go a little too far, oh, you're slipping. Oh, no. You're slipping. In front I of your went coworkers? And I was, it's a, it's, oh, 100%. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Just went down. Nailed. And, you know, so much pain. But then you have to act like you're not in pain, yeah. which sucks. It's like, no, my back is broken. But I have to be like, ha, ha, I fell. Like, <laughs> no, it's not funny. Ha, ha, yeah, this it is really funny. I'm so going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. I literally broke my back. So, like, see you later. But, uh, Joey, I feel for you. I feel for you. I hope you're all right and Thanks, not man. feeling old. Sounds like you are, though. I do. I am feeling old. Definitely feeling old. Uh, I'm nervous, man. It's I'm nervous tough, for man. the next couple of days. Are you feeling uh, you it's feeling the right it? word. Yeah. It's the right word. It's the right word. It, nervous is the right word. I think if you're listening right now, you probably feel the same. It's, you know, we're going to sleep tonight on Sunday. If you're listening to this on Monday... I think Joey and I have been calling that they're going to get crushed on Monday. So we'll see. Maybe they win. But I don't think either way. You're at the point now where one game's not going to 
you know, one game in Houston's not going to dictate that that much. That's why we wanted a series win so bad this weekend. But I don't know, man. It's uh, at best you're going to be 500 at the trade deadline, and you got three obvious guys that could be moved, and that you could make pretty easy cases for moving, and that meant a lot specifically to a 2018 World Series team. So. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. JD could have been the MVP of the league that year. Christian Vasquez had a good season, was in that, you know, famous photo with Chris Sale. Avaldi had his epic run. If they all get dealt, it's going to be sad as hell. But we are going to just save all this for an episode. We should do an episode Tuesday, uh, regardless, after the deadline. Yeah. And we'll have instant reaction to what Haim decides to do. And my goodness, I, I just think either way. I think either way, there's going to be a lot of action. I feel like this is going to be the busiest Red Sox trade deadline in a very long time. I feel it like kind of feels like we're coming up on that. It seems like across baseball, it's been very quiet. Aside from the Castillo deal, it's been very eerily very quiet. quiet. Yeah, it's going to get loud. I think like I'm going to predict it right now. I think Soto and Shohei are both going to move at, before the deadline to the Sox. They're both going to move yeah. to the Sox. Um, I, I'm saying I think they both get moved, and like I th- like that's a lot to be happening over the course of the next forty hours. Yeah, it's a lot. We'll see. It's gonna we'll boom, see. Boom, boom. Deal or no deal, that's what we're on the lookout for. What moves are happening? We are antsy. I just I can't wait to know, like all this speculation and like the rumors and all that. I mean, Monday is going to be Rumor City. It's going to be Deal City and Rumor City, so get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Next, you will hear from Joey and I's preview in this Astros-Red Sox series, but we all know what's important. It's Tuesday at 6 p.m. Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. And we will be doing a show the second that deadline passes. We'll probably let it go to 7 p.m. because you never know. There's some things that might come in a little late, but a lot to talk about Tuesday night. For Joey Capone. I am Steve Peralt. Go Sox, kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. (laughs) 